So this is Advent 4. Hard to believe that we're here already. Um, but as, you, uh, <laughs> as you've heard, we are focused on love this morning and the love of God come to us in Christ. And I've, I've been thinking uh, for the past uh, couple weeks about what Christmas means to certain folks. You know, as Pastor Dan uh, mentioned in his prayer, uh, so many folks uh, find this time of year to be particularly difficult. And, uh, and I'm thinking about some of those folks, and, and, and I realize, you know, for many, Christmas means different things to different people. I'm, I'm wondering about what Christmas means to a mother um, who has lost her husband, or a man who's lost his wife and the mother of his children, now uh, a single parent, um, with the responsibility of not only making a living, but um, taking care of small children and probably feeling like they never get anything done or can't get ahead. Uh, you know, I wonder what Christmas means to that person. I wonder what Christmas means to our, to our servicemen and women deployed uh, to other parts of the world. I, I wonder what Christmas means to our Christian missionaries half a world away from family and friends. Uh, Lambi, I'm thinking of Steve and Rachel over in Albania and Kosovo this morning. Um, God bless them. Uh, the Blotti family comes to us from Albania. I'm thinking about our Christian missionaries in other parts of the world away from, our, away from their families this time of year. <clears throat> and, and I wonder what Christmas means to so many who have battled depression while in isolation for much of the past nine months. Well, what does Christmas mean to those folks? Christmas means different things to different people. You know, typically for businesses this time of the year, uh, it's the busiest time of the year usually for businesses, right? Stores hire extra people to take care of all the shoppers. And for businesses, um, Christmas means a time of more profit, <laughs> right? Usually means more profit, uh, usually enough to see them through leaner times ahead. Uh, to some, Christmas means... Christmas bonuses. To some, it means more parties. For children, it's a time of impatience as the days leading up to Christmas just seem to take forever to pass by. And I, I remember many, many moons ago um, experiencing that, feeling like it took forever for Christmas to get here. And now I just can't believe it's another Christmas again. The older we get, the, the faster time seems to pass us by. You know, sometimes, though, I get the feeling that at Christmas, some, sometimes I feel like we're those folks who decided to throw a huge party to honor a very special guest. All the invitations got sent out. The banquet hall was decorated beautifully. The, the, the meal was, was catered, and everyone showed up at the, at the scheduled time for the banquet, only to, to realize the guest of honor never showed up. And after some discussion, everyone realized, oh, we never invited the guest of honor. Nobody invited him. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's what happens at Christmas. We get so busy focused on everything else, we, we, we forget to invite the guest of honor. We, we forget about Jesus. Lord, please don't let us be like that. We can't forget about Christ. We can't leave him out. My daughter Addison has been saying throughout this week at home, don't leave Christ out of Christmas. Don't leave Christ out of Christmas. She's right. We can't leave Christ out of Christmas. This is Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Whether or not you've, you've thought about this, all of heaven was preparing for a grand party. All of heaven was excited about this deal. A baby was going to be born, the savior of the world. His name was going to be Jesus. And the fact that God made that announcement first, first to the shepherds, the shepherds heard it first, that really helps us understand the true meaning of Christmas. You, you remember the first line of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave, his only begotten son, right? God chose to announce his birth, first of all, to the shepherds. You, you realize shepherds were on the opposite end of the so, social spectrum from King Herod and all the influential people of that day, right? They lived out in the fields with their animals. They had no social status. They had no uh, power or prestige, no respect. Yet God's angel came to them, to the shepherds, and said, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto the shepherds, a Savior was born. In that one simple announcement, the vastness of God's great love it is revealed to us because it was made, first of all, to the shepherds. <laughs> that tells us a few things. First of all, it tells us this. No matter how insignificant you may think you are, God knows you and values you, and you are significantly important to him. All through the scripture, we see God honoring and using people and things that, that typically the world often uh, overlooks or ignores altogether. The, the Apostle Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians 1. This is what he writes. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose lowly things of this world and the despised things. You know the story of the, the Jewish teenager sold into slavery by his brothers, carted off to Egypt. But when God wanted to deliver a very strong and powerful message to Pharaoh, who, who, who was called up out of the dungeon to interpret that message? Yeah, the teenage slave, Joseph. It was that young slave that God elevated to the highest position in Egypt's government next to Pharaoh in order to save his people, the Israelites. And so when God decides to choose a mother for his son, he goes past the fashion salons and the beauty parlors. He goes past the furs and the diamonds and the gold. And he looks to an insignificant village called Nazareth. And he finds a teenage peasant girl. 
a girl who didn't dress in designer clothes, <laughs> who didn't have any, any formal or, or significant education of any kind. But what Mary did have was a pure heart and a deep faith in God. And it was she that God chose to be the mother of his son, Jesus. So when Jesus comes, he's not born in Jerusalem's famous Mount Sinai hospital with all the greatest doctors and nurses and assistants surrounding the mother. Rather, he is born in a stable. The lowly things, the insignificant things, (laughs) the humble things. He's wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in a manger. And again, when God makes this announcement for the first time, it's delivered to the shepherds. I mean, it's almost like Jesus saying uh, where he does in the, sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount, if God cares about sparrows and lilies, then he absolutely cares about you too. Young children need to hear that message. Adolescents struggling to find identity and purpose need to hear that message. Mothers trying to raise children without a father to help need to hear that message. Husbands who've lost their wives in death need to hear that message. Folks living in isolation, battling depression need to hear that message. Church people who feel useless and empty and and, and almost as if they have no purpose need to hear that message. We all need to hear that message. We all need to hear that. All of us have experienced feelings of rejection. All of us have known the feeling of loneliness, the feeling of being left out. That's not fun. We've all known that. But Christmas comes and the light shines and God says, no, you're wrong, you're mistaken. I made the announcement to lowly shepherds first and now I make it to you, unto you. Unto you, unto me, unto us, a son is born. Unto you, a Savior comes. Listen, wherever and whoever you are, God says, unto you, a Savior is born. And he came in love. For God so loved the world that he gave. He came in love. I imagine the shepherds must have sat around the campfire a time or two and wondered if life was really worthwhile or not. They might have said, what difference does it make if we watch the sheep? Does it really matter? We may wonder too, what difference does it make whether or not I get out of bed in the morning? Does it really matter? I mean, it seems to me that life is this endless cycle of things that don't mean anything Does it even matter? (laughs) Well, it matters to Jesus. It matters enough to him that he gave his life's blood on the cross for you and for me. No matter how insignificant any one of us thinks we are, Jesus died that we might live. Jesus died that we might live. To him, everybody counts. Everybody matters. Everybody is significant to him. You know, many, many years ago, there was a, there was a cartoon caption printed in, in several newspapers across the country. It pictured two farmers in, in a very primitive setting talking across a rail fence to one another. And the one farmer said to the other, hey, any, anything exciting 
happen today? And, and the other farmer said, no, not, nothing exciting happens today. Not, nothing but a baby being born over at, at old Tom Lincoln's house. Not, you know, nothing exciting ever happens around here. But that baby, his name was Abraham, born in the house of Tom Lincoln, would grow up to be the 16th president of the United States, would liberate the slaves, would change the course of the history of, of this country. That one life was pretty significant. That one life made a huge difference. Could it not have been on that night in the city of Bethlehem? Somebody asked, hey, anything exciting happened today? No, nothing ever exciting happens around here, except, except some teenage peasant girl gave birth to, to a baby in one of the stables out back. Nothing exciting ever happens around here. How, how'd that turn out? I think that was pretty significant, wasn't it? Jesus came in love. God's gift of love to us, to all of us. The truth is that because of the first advent, there will be a second advent. Jesus is coming again. He's, he's told us that. He's promised that. And sometimes when life is just so difficult and so painful and so heavy, we, we want to pray, <laughs> Lord, come back now, right? I've heard that prayer more than once this year. Lord, come back now. Why don't you come today? Take us all home out of our misery and pain. There will be no more death. There will be no more tears. There will be no more sad goodbyes. Then we will say one day it was worth it all. It was worth it all. There's a beautiful old song uh, that captures this sentiment perfectly. Some of you will recognize these words. It was written by Charles Wesley. It says, love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Beautiful words. I love that song. Jesus is God's love. Jesus is God's gift of love to us. God's love come to dwell among us. Emmanuel, God present with us. We celebrate his birth and we celebrate the great love that he brought us. The love that compelled Jesus all the way to the cross. I asked you earlier if you knew the, the first line of John 3.16. I, I know you know the last line of John 3.16, right? That whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Will have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave. That love, God's love, was the motivation for the plan of salvation. I have a friend who always says, his birth was for our salvation. We were texting back and forth earlier this week, and I, I knew I wasn't going to see him before Christmas. I said, you know, hey, Merry Christmas. And he texted me back, his birth was for our, our salvation, exclamation point. I love that. He gets it. His birth was for our salvation. Jesus voluntarily came to this world for you and me in the form of a human baby boy, God incarnate, God in the flesh, why? To show us how much he loves us. Fully God, fully man. God had to be able to come over to our side without leaving his own side. That, 
That makes sense. For God so loved the world that he gave, the most significant, the most life-changing gift, the most sacrificial gift ever given, the ultimate act of love. So we both remember and celebrate that this time of the year as we read these words Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And the angel declares, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Not some, not a select few, for all the people. If that is not love, I don't know what is. Jesus Christ, the perfect gift of love, came in the flesh, died on the cross, was resurrected, and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. That is love. Can you grasp that this morning? Can you grasp the love of God? I'm not sure we ever fully grasp that and and, and embrace that. It's one thing to say, God loves me. Do you really believe that in your heart this morning? You know, there's a way that you can embrace these words of love. And there's a a responsibility on on our part to do that. I mean, you can hear hear words of love and and encouragement and hope and inspiration and, and, and walk out the door and be completely unaffected. That happens all the time on Sunday mornings. Happens all the time. It's our responsibility to embrace these words of love from God to us. God has taken the first step and it requires a response. As far as I'm concerned, we, 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 we need to respond to this. So how do you do that? How do you embrace these words of love? How do you not walk out the door unaffected this morning. We, I, I don't want that to happen for anybody. How do you embrace these words of love? God loves you. He gave his son for you and for me. And there's a responsibility here on our part to respond in some way, to, to embrace this, to make it real, to make it, to make it our own. You know, again, the first thing you need to do is, is to realize and understand that God loves you. You know, when I say understand God loves you, I, you know, I, th- that might be tough to understand for some of us. You know, some of us have heard that message a thousand times and, and, and we, we know it in here and somehow it hasn't penetrated down here yet. But we have to get to the place where we understand God loves us no matter what. God loves you. And, and you need to make it personal. Make it personal. Repeat it over and over in your mind. God loves me. God loves me. Jesus died for me. Make it personal. Embrace that. Understand and embrace that God loves you, that Jesus came and died for you, and and then respond to that. Respond to that. And and I, I think the best response that you could possibly give to that is to offer yourself back to him. Give yourself back to God. Some of you may say, what, okay, what is he talking about? How, what, what do you mean give myself back to God? How do I give myself back to God? You know, there's a very simple prayer that you can pray. God, I'm, I, I, I'm lost without you. 
I want to know you. I want to know this love that, that Pastor Gary's talking about this morning. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to know the greatest love I've ever known. Because if you respond to the love of God, if you respond and say, Jesus, come into my heart and life, I want to know you personally, I promise you, you are going to experience the greatest love you've ever known. So if, if, if you want more, more, more help with that, if you're still kind of unsure what I'm talking about, talk to me after the service. I would, I would be happy to talk to you. Talk to Pastor Dan. Talk to Tanya. Talk to a trusted adult that you know is following after God. Any one of us would be more than happy to tell you about the love of Christ, how to know that, how to begin a personal relationship and know Jesus and know the greatest love you've ever known. Please talk to one of us if you have questions about that. But we have a responsibility to respond to God's love. Don't leave here unaffected this morning. Respond to the love of God by offering yourself back to him. That's the best gift that you could ever give in response to God's love. Did you know that there are over 200 names for Jesus given in the Bible? Over, over 200. So, some, are, some are titles for Jesus. Some are just descriptions of him. Over 200. I want to highlight four this morning. <laughs> I think the message and meaning of Christmas is spelled out perfectly and beautifully in Isaiah 9, verse 6. The prophet Isaiah gives four awe-inspiring names for Jesus that both encourage us and fill us with hope. I read it earlier this morning. Hear it again now, Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Four beautiful, awe-inspiring names of Jesus. These words should give us enough strength, hope, and joy to face any crisis, to overcome any temptation, to endure any sorrow that we will face in life. Because it's through these descriptions of our Savior that we can finally begin to experience firsthand the amazing love that God has for us. So during this Advent season, let me remind you that God absolutely loves you. He absolutely loves you. For unto you, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Receive that gift of love that God offers to you this morning and offer yourself back to him and experience the greatest love that you will ever know. May the incredible love of God fill your hearts and homes to overflowing this week. May you go in the love of God this morning and have a very Merry Christmas.